my goodness, we've got guests. You know what that means. It's another Masterclass episode on Studio Class. Ooh, divas, welcome back. I am so excited. We've got Susan Eichhorn Young today on our Masterclass episode for Studio Class. And I just have to say that Susan embodies all things voice. She teaches, she consults, she coaches, she sings, she acts, she writes, and so much more. She just does all the things and does them all so well. So the versatility of this Canadian-born and NYC-based rock star has carried her from the church to concert halls, opera and musical theater stages, recording studios, and back to the intimacy of cabaret. So you definitely want to check that out. Susan's got such an amazing career and her work as a voiceover artist can also be heard on promos and commercials. She's been the voice actor for 30 plus audiobooks on Audible, so definitely check her out there as well. In addition to her performance career, she's also worn hats as an artistic director, stage director, and vocal consultant. And one of the reasons I'm so excited to have her on Studio Class is her passion for teaching. She influences leagues of singers in her studio and online. So in her in the digital space, her blog reaches a worldwide audience of over 300,000 viewers and growing. So please join me in getting hype to talk to Susan Eichhorn Young during this Masterclass episode of Studio Class. Hi, Susan. Welcome to a Masterclass episode of Studio Class. I am so thrilled that you are here. I hope that you'll just kind of kick us off and tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you, Megan. I know we've been trying to do this forever, it seems, so I'm <laughs> glad to be here. Um, what can I tell you? I guess um, primarily I'm a voice teacher in the New York City area, but given our year worldwide on the web. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so lots of voice work, whether it's singing or acting or speaking, yeah. um, all things voice. All things voice. I love that <laughs> as your as your tagline. I, I definitely I see that and and associate that with you. So I am so excited that you're here. And as someone who has also taught voice, one of the things that I started with this podcast is I start the podcast in a way that I started my voice lessons. And I would always ask my students to tell me an intention that they have. So I ask my masterclass episodes to tell us what is an intention that you are keeping for yourself at this moment? I think the biggest one is staying present, mm -hmm. grounded and present. Yes, yes. That's, Can you say? A little bit about how do you know when you're feeling present and if you're not feeling it kind of coming back to that what are your strategies well i think for me because i wear so many hats or there are many facets as you are aware too mm -hmm. that uh the the mind can start to dart or it can start to think too far ahead and I think as artists, our tendency is to do that as well. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's when I know I'm not present is when I'm thinking too far ahead or mm -hmm. I'm rewinding, wondering what if. Yeah. So um, the breath brings me right back to present. That's um, great. Yeah, yeah, I have a meditation practice that I've been using um, daily for several years now. Oh, that's and uh, it makes a huge difference. Was meditation something that you came to earlier in your life or what was that process like for you? 
Um, I did, but I didn't use it on a regular basis, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. and in a strange way, I think sometimes when I'm working with singers and we do grounding at the beginning of the lesson, I'm meditating with them through vibration. Mm -hmm. um, so there's that aspect of it. So in some ways it was daily without realizing it. Right. Um, but again, oftentimes we we do that with our singers and forget to do it for ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's real. <laughs> so it was time yes, to make it yeah. my own. <laughs> yeah. If you had any tips for someone who was wanting to bring a meditation practice in into their experience, would you point them in any particular direction? Not really. Although there's some really great apps you can mm -hmm. use really great apps. Yeah. Um, that can be, you know, just five minutes a day so that yeah. it doesn't feel like you have to, you know, put a, put an hour in or something right off the bat. Right. <laughs> because who has that kind of time? <laughs> Does it feel this way for you? We were kind of joking about this before we started that, that the pandemic times is a little time is a flat circle. And I'm wondering, have you felt that push and pull with the relationship to time at this point, we've been doing this for over a over a year now, a yeah. year at least. And so uh, has that been your experience? Yeah. And I think at the beginning, it seemed like time stood still mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. we just didn't know what was happening. So yeah. it was it just felt so dragged out. And now it feels like it has double sped up almost, you right. know. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm finding that in each facet of my life, there's just different speeds for things. And, and so many of them have felt very condensing. And I think if uh, non-musicians think that our, maybe our lives are still very um, blank, our calendars are blank in a certain way. And I'm <laughs> just like, no, I don't think that's the case. You know, we're no. always finding ways. And I've seen so many, you know, seen so many of our colleagues finding ways to keep themselves engaged with their with their music making practice in in just fascinating ways um it, has there been anything for you that you have brought maybe either brought into your life in your music making practice during this time or just perhaps reconnected with and just to be just to be clear the, the answer can also be no, and I would be okay with that. <laughs> right. Well, I think what it's done is it's given me time to find time. Yeah. yeah. And, and start to create more boundaries of, you know, what I need for, not even so much for the music making, but um, the aspects around it, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, um, what I do with my writing, yeah. um, what I'm reading, you know, um, what I'm building upon you know, how teaching has changed being online, you know, and what that, you know, where those silver linings are more yeah. than anything else. Definitely, definitely. Well, I'm going to pivot to another question and ask you about a technical question. So as a voice teacher, I usually ask this question in masterclass episodes, especially if they're, especially for my vocalist colleagues and my voice teacher colleagues to talk a little more in depth about what is a technical skill that you love to teach? That's such a tough one. I was, I've been thinking about that. <laughs> and honestly, because it just depends on the singer. Oh, of course. You know? mm -hmm. I think perhaps it, it's not so much the technical skill that I love to teach, but rather when the singer finds something that clicks and that aha moment happens mm -hmm. between us. Yeah, yeah. That, you know, no matter what it is. 
Um, you know, whether it's a grounding exercise, whether it's a breath work exercise or an alignment work exercise, um, you know, or resonance or registration, like whatever that happens to be that they've been working on specifically, it's Mm -hmm. the aha in that moment, Yeah, I think is the most important thing for me. Oh, that's so fascinating. I love also how that comes back to what you were saying about being present is that one of your superpowers as a, as, as a pedagogue and as, as a teacher is to be present with your students so that you are aware of what they might need from you in that moment. So it's not just a one size fits all. Well, now we're right. going to work on this thing. And exactly. You know. exactly. Yeah. I really look at myself as a mirror, mm-hmm. you know, to reflect what that singer might need to see that day. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I am then aware to, to guide through. So the lighthouse mirror effect yeah. <laughs> is kind of how I look at, at what I do. That's incredible. Did you have, have a voice teacher in your experience that was that mirror, was that lighthouse? I'm sure, you know, we, we all had multiple voice teachers in our lives, but this could be any of them or one of them. Yeah, there were, there have been a couple of them. Um, my most recent one who I, I look as a sister to me now, um, Irena Velhash-Berg, very much a lighthouse and uh, and a mirror. And um, sometimes, you know, had to reveal what you might not want to see all the time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But but it was a necessary thing to see and then was always there then to guide you through. Um, And then the successes were reflected as well. It wasn't just what you had to work on, you know. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's beautiful. Because it is that to be a true mirror to then means you're reflecting, reflecting all of the things. It's not just for things to work on. It's not just grinding away. It's also celebrating. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's wonderful. I was going to ask you about welcoming students in, in a way, and talking specifically about the relationship between the teacher and the student because singing is so personal, because the instrument is our bodies, is is our minds, is inside of us, you know, the the relationship there, I think, can often be different than relationships between instrumental teachers and instrumentalists. And I'm hoping that you could speak to that for, for just a moment. I, I agree with you. Um, my big thing always is, um, again, one size never fits all. Mm-hmm. And my job is to find the singer, not the other way around. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> right? Because yeah. so often, you know, you, we feel as singers, sometimes we have to fit into a studio or we have to fit into the mindset of the teacher that we're going to be working with. Right. And in fact, like that is absolutely, you know, a singer comes to you for, for guidance, mm-hmm. um, for mm-hmm. your expertise, of course, but you also have to create that safety to allow them to be there for you to find how they learn, Mm -hmm. you know, how they work. And also, and I know I have colleagues that disagree with me on this, but I truly do believe this. It is a collaborative event Mm -hmm. because if you're just standing there saying nothing and not giving me any feedback as a singer, I can't reach you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. So so the collaboration still has to occur between singer and teacher in order for the work to happen in the in-between. Oh, that's great. Would you tell us a little bit about when you have a brand new student, you're working together for the first time, 
what are some of the things that you do to help generate that kind of environment where it feels collaborative, it feels trusting? I start with having uh, online right now, but actually <laughs> online, even in person, we do a little uh, consultation conversation. We don't even sing. Great. We just yeah. get online on Zoom and we talk yeah. um, just to kind of, you know, feel out the energy right? Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> and so that they don't feel any obligation um, that they have to be somewhere or be something. And, and even after that conversation, they're not obligated to then say, yes, I'm going to study with you. Yeah. So that it gives us both permission to kind of explore. Mm -hmm. um, because I think ultimately, for me anyway, it's the energy yeah. that needs to click. Mm -hmm. I don't care where you are vocally. Yeah. In the <laughs> it must only be, you know, X, Y, Z. Um, for me to work with you, not at all. I want to find out if that energy is compatible. Mm, mm -hmm. And if that's the case, and that singer feels comfortable as well, because they need to, there's part of the collaboration. Yeah. Um, then they when they come into the space, we begin by grounding. Mm -hmm. And I sort of have different pillars that I talk about mm -hmm. um, in in just I guess doing diagnostic work, not diagnostic work in wearing a white coat and a, having a <laughs> clipboard. But at it would my be side. great if you just role played one lesson, you know, just <laughs> like this is the you white know, coat lesson. Exactly, looking over my glasses. Yeah. Right? <laughs> but we, so we just start to, you know, because always singing in front of someone new, no matter, you know, even for us, I yeah. mean, that's nerve wracking. Oh, 100%. You know? yeah. So we want to get them grounded first, mm -hmm. you know, and just start to make some vibration and create some vibration with the breath and get into the body a little bit. So they start to feel settled. And then gradually, we just start to explore, you know, what is that voice doing? Yeah. Um, without value judgment, you mm -hmm. know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so I can kind of find out, you know, what, what's there? And where do we begin? Yeah. I found that I love what you said about the value judgment. I found in singing contemporary classical music, one of the things that was part of that path for me was realizing that there are no good and bad sounds. There's the sound you mean to make and there's the sound you don't mean to make. And, and I, that really helped me bring, you know, some students on board as I was working with them. And I'm wondering if you could talk about that situation, helping students you know, be, be their voice, you know, and, and not, not having so many value judgments on their sounds. I talk about the voice in third person mm -hmm. because we as singers, we cannot stand up and walk away from the keyboard, mm -hmm. you know, like, or set the violin down or whatever right. it goes with us. And that's part of the neuroses because what we're doing is all intangible. Mm -hmm. Right, mm -hmm. breath you can't mm -hmm. see, vibration you can't see, and muscles you can't see. So, voila, you know, <laughs> something's wrong with my voice. And in fact, if we allow that voice to have her own or his own personality, because mm -hmm. she does, yeah. <laughs> then my my goal is to say, what's she trying to tell you? Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. if something's not working, it's your voice is trying to get your attention for us to rebalance something physically in order for her to respond a different way. Mm, great. And then we're not yeah. saying that's right, that's wrong, that's bad, that's good. It's mm -hmm. like, what just happened? Yeah. You know? And so it starts to give the singer a little bit more space mm -hmm. emotionally mm -hmm. and psychically to not yeah. 
think about, was that okay? Was that enough? Was that good? Mm -hmm. Did I do the right thing? Yeah. You know, and that's kind of how I approach that. That's great. I'm wondering, you know, for, for those of us that have been in voice lessons for a long time, would you, without giving away any specifics, kind of give us an example of what that might be like? I think most of our, you know, listeners here in studio class are familiar with, you know, voice lessons, vocal technique, that kind of thing. So you can feel free to pick an area if you wanted to. Sure. So why don't, like, even if we're just talking about registration, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and going through little shift points in the registration Mm -hmm. where um, it might get tight Mm. or you might, you know, hit a speed bump and it's not as smooth if you're doing a slide or a portamenti or something like that. Mm -hmm. And right away, the consciousness can say, oh, that was bad or that was wrong. And it's like, no, Mm -hmm. the vibration, your voice just told you it's stiff. Yeah, yeah. The voice is not stiff. The physicality is stiff. Right, right. So how can we realign the breath flow and start to stretch the muscles or, you know, lengthen the mucosa a little bit or if the fascia is a little bit tight? What can we do then um, as an exercise to physicalize that release? And, oh, look, she just responded differently. Right, right. (laughs) You know, as opposed to saying, oh, God, here comes Passaggio. I love that it's like a mean girls situation where you're like, we don't talk to her anymore. Exactly. Exactly. She's going to fight me on this one. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and even, even just seeing the way with your body language, when we said, oh, you know, when moving through Passaggio and you said, you said a road bump, but I love that where even the body language there, when you making, feeling that value judgment pulling back, tightening up a little bit. That's right. And, and we, you know, we can kind of get used to that and, and start to, if you're having a conversation in your head about what's going on and making a value judgment, you might not be quite as aware of how your body's responding to the value judgment as it is hopefully responding to what you're wanting to experience with more freedom, more, more easy vibration. So I, I think I'm sure you help your students gently recognize when they might be responding to their own self-talk. Yes, which which does definitely physicalize, mm-hmm. you know. And again, it doesn't always mm-hmm. as visually as as it needs to be sometimes. But <laughs> but as you get to know, I mean, that's the idea. As a, as a teacher, I feel like that's how I learn to figure out how they learn Mm -hmm. and how they respond. So again, I'm mirroring that, that Mm -hmm. second set of eyes to say, did you feel what just happened physically? Mm -hmm. And often they don't, you know, very, and it's, and it's okay. Forget the sound now, forget Mm -hmm. what we just did. Now put the consciousness wherever, wherever I might've seen it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No. Mm -hmm. And if I am aware then of, okay, when, you know, there's a shortening in, in, from sternum to to the shoulder girdle do i know where that's tightening in another place mm-hmm. because oftentimes you know there's a pulley somewhere that's yeah that's not <laughs> releasing you know and so that's my job sure. to to then say okay did you what did you sense because mm-hmm. they might not be sensing what i see they might be sensing the other thing that's so then true. we can bring that you know into a full circle yeah. of what is seen and what is felt Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's a beautiful way of describing that. And I was just thinking that 
that being able to see using that second set of eyes really helps teach that concept of proprioception, your ability to feel what's going on inside yes. your own body. And, and I don't, I, you know, I think that's slightly strange for lots of people. They're, they're just not as aware of it as, as musicians writ large, but also especially vocalists have that kind of internal communication with their body. And then that voice teacher and student relationship there is someone you can really trust to help you expand your knowledge, depth of awareness, the proprioception. And I love, I love that you're building those relationships with your students so that they can trust you and you trust them. And you're saying, I'm here for you. And I mean, that's, that's why they, I, I think, you know, we get those phrases where like voice teachers are like therapists. Sometimes I think that's where the, some of that starts to come out is because there's such a deep trust there. So, yeah. Yeah. And I don't take that lightly. That (laughs) is, that is a, you know, that is sacred to me. Oh, totally. Trust, you know? Yeah. That's great. I, I'm going to do another slight pivot here, which is one of the reasons that, you know, Studio Class came to be this, this podcast is I've written a blog for many years and we kind of, I started writing it because I was kind of breaking down my own understanding of what are all of these ways that we create a professionally creative life, you know, a business in, in this. And there's so many ways to do it Mm. that I think sometimes it can be overwhelming and, that's the the tack that I took was to just break it down into these super small things that I call micro actions. And (laughs) I just was, and it was just a way for me to feel like earlier in my life, you know, I was working uh, 40 hours in an office and singing lots of gigs and doing that. And I, I needed to know that I could do just one thing to kind of move my career forward every day. I felt like I was on the quote unquote, the path. And I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about perhaps your own microactions that you've noticed and anytime you've talked with students about microactions, if something like that comes up for you, I'd love to hear more about it. That's a really interesting way of approaching that. And I think what I do with singers, I'll go backwards, is I, I actually break up um, the technical development mm-hmm. within a practice mm-hmm. so that because and we were saying this before we we went, came on air mm-hmm. um you know who's got an hour yeah right <laughs> like even now you know um and oftentimes it's like an all or nothing proposition isn't it you mm-hmm. know if i need to find an hour to practice that's not going to happen so i won't practice right and right. then you beat yourself up because you didn't practice. so there's that lovely little spin around so you know breaking up the the practice recognizing that you're creating behavior through technique yeah allows you to access certain behaviors at different times of day doing Mm -hmm. different things it doesn't mean you have to suddenly go and now i'm practicing (laughs) no because that's not necessarily the way it's gonna go Mm -hmm. so you know if you're if you're just swamped you know, what do you start with? And I mean, for me, it's, you know, can you align your body? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, are you exhaling? 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, let's not even talk about making sound. Let's just see, you know, can you align the body and feel the space within it as you exhale? Mm-hmm. You've practiced. Right. So that's a right. little bit of a micro shift as well. And oftentimes what happens then, as we know, it's like going to the gym, just getting your butt there. Once you're there, you know, then then it's okay, but it's getting there. And so sometimes I find these things can be effective in just getting us there Mm -hmm. to say, okay, I don't have time to keep going right now, but I'm energized with this. I'm going to pick this up again when I've got time in three hours or whatever, you know. Yeah. And I find I do that with my own, you know, with my own work too. Right. Um, not just with working with singers, but whether it's, you know, working on some music for myself just because, yeah. or if I'm writing or researching or, right. you know. What, I, what I'm definitely going to take away from that too is also that you can feel like you are in it, especially if you're placing those musical moments or that that musical attention and awareness throughout your day maybe helps you stay a little more connected to your musical self. And so even if you do other things, you might have family obligations, you might have other work or income obligations. And even in those, you can find a way to connect with your singer self, your musical self, and just say, oh, well, I'm you know, I'm, I'm thinking about the breath. I'm thinking about alignment. I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, I'm, I'm just staying open and aware to uh, sounds that I'm hearing. I might be thinking like audiating certain things. Exactly. And then, and then I, I just love that. That's like a little gift you can give yourself to stay, stay in your musical side, even when your life might be very full. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Or you're just fatigued. I mean, you can be lying in bed yeah. on a line, you know, yeah. um, and, and fall asleep knowing that, you know, I can sense that alignment in my body, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and know that that's still connected to that mm. artistic and, and singer self. Because, you know, then we're not dropping out and saying, okay, now I, now I am a singer. No, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you are a singer, you are an artist, regardless of what you are doing. Right. (laughs) I heard someone (laughs) jokingly, you know, way, way back in the day, jokingly respond to a question about, I think this might've been in a masterclass, drinking dairy or something like that. And they said, oh, well, no, I don't, I don't think about that because I need to I personally need to just be ready to perform at any moment. I want to, I want to stay away from adding too many checklist things that tell me now it's okay to make sound. And oh, that's similar. I want to be fully aware of the fact that everybody needs whatever they need, but maybe oh, being aware of not adding too many things before you say okay now I can make sound yes now I'm allowed yes Mm -hmm. I like that yeah because that can clutter everything you know right right so I I've heard you mention writing a couple of times I'd love for you to tell us a little bit more about your writing and then and then I'm going to come back and ask maybe a little micro action about (laughs) about writing so as the heads up (laughs) well you know I started my blog years ago um, more for self-therapy than anything else. Um, 
and and it just grew you know and so I don't focus on technique per se really once in a while I'll throw something in that's technical but for the most part it's it's about the psyche of the artist and and the focus of of all of those kinds of things um it just gives permission to again stay present and observe you know Mm -hmm. um and so that's been happening for years and years and years and so I'm finally creating some semblance of book form um yeah it's it's coming into fruition slowly but surely now it's it's I can actually say that because it's a little more tangible Um, so, um, you know, and it obviously is not going to contain everything that I blog about, but it's going to kind of umbrella that idea, um, of of artist and, and mindset, you know? Hey there, divas. Real quick thing before we get back to the rest of this episode. Do you love studio class? You can support it now by joining the Sybaritic Camerata on Patreon. It's just at patreon.com slash mezzoenen, M-E-Z-Z-O-I-H-N-E-N. For $10 a month, you can join the listening circle where you get access to bonus episodes, you can make listener requests, and for $20 a month, you can become a Masterclass Scholar. Do you ever wish you could ask our Masterclass episode guests a question? Here's your chance. As a Masterclass Scholar, you're invited to the recording of the Masterclass episodes, and you get to ask your questions during an exclusive Q&A after the taping. So come on over, check it out, patreon.com slash And now we're back to the episode. Would you say, Susan, that as you've been writing, that you, you started this, you started thinking and sharing your thought leadership around, you know, the psyche of the artist, and would you say that that has informed how you how you sing how you teach by being able to collect your thoughts that way yeah I think so and and so much of that writing is influenced by my teaching so it's Mm. it's again full circle yeah Um, yeah. our conversations you know the writing is often triggered by conversations I've Mm -hmm. had with some of the singers I work with or colleagues Mm -hmm. um, or conversations of you know of other artists that are not singers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then it gives me permission to just codify thoughts. And then that moves into the next. Yep. Yep. Uh, <laughs> well, and then also being able to share, you know, you're having these experiences and we've already talked about, I think there's immense power in that one-to-one relationship, but I love that you've also brought in these other ways to, to make your thoughts and and also those conversations more available accessible to to people who are looking for that kind of information from a trusted source like yourself i i think about access quite a bit and growing up in the midwest and feeling like sometimes i've you know lived in places where i felt quote unquote far away from things and and i think there's a beauty in the internet and being able to share our thoughts the way that we can in this day and age that that is just helpful because of access reasons and i'm sure you've probably had some experiences where you might have found yourself feeling outside of a group or outside of knowledge and i wonder if if that's reflected in the work that you do yeah i hadn't thought of it that way but that's yes absolutely because i you know i grew up in canada um in on the prairies in a very small town and um you know we if you wanted to go anywhere you had to travel 
Mm-hmm. And um, even, you know, after I was finished high school and went to college and all of those things, you know, you still have to make that effort. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, um, knowing that someone can click on a blog and go, oh, that's that's what I think, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and, and is in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. There's a connection for sure, you know, that, that I, I didn't have, you know, outside of that because... Those were the days before <laughs> anything. Are you saying you didn't have Zoom when you were taking, you know, when you were growing up? No. <laughs> then, and I think that's so important that that we also share when our colleagues are putting good thought leadership out into the world yes. in accessible ways that because you and I both know that the internet is full of bad information about, about the voice. (laughs) Well, not everything. (laughs) And so, and if you feel like someone, you know, is doing it well, then just shout them out and share, share that information so that there's, there's at least the chance that someone will bump into something positive for them. (laughs) Exactly. And there's room for everybody, you know, and it's not a contest as to who has all of the right it's you know all the right information you know if you've got real information that's coming from a place of truth and honesty and integrity then it's worth sharing yeah you know yeah well you made me think of something I think really important but adjacent to this this idea which is is Sometimes I talk to younger vocal students and they're, they're so worried because it is a, it is a full field. And you've, you've definitely heard people, you know, music schools and saying, saying nobody's waiting on another soprano or something like that in their life, you know, kind of passing this around and yet still taking those students money. But they're, they're like, I'm, I'm wondering what I just heard in what you were saying about sharing thought leadership is also about how we're called to just be our individual musician selves in the world is that, you know, we, we can only, we can bring what we bring and we have to bring our particular perspective and, and it's better if we don't try to cookie cutter ourselves, but bring our most, and as you say, authentic voice, you know, authentic self. And so perhaps you could tell us a little bit more about your journey with thinking about authentic voice and then also any strategies you you work with your students on on accepting that that's that's positive you know that that's where they should be well I think the two primary things are there's a big difference between making music Mm-hmm. and making a living making mm-hmm. music. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if we recognize that, mm-hmm. that helps to relax things a little bit because they are <laughs> not the same. They're not the same. <laughs> at all. And you can be an artist in temperament and mindset and spirit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's how you live your life, not what you do. Mm, Susan, say it again. <laughs> I love it. So you know what I mean, and so that at it, you can find ways of access and where it will reside mm-hmm. that might not be, you know, your job mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. necessarily. Um, those are important factors, mm-hmm. and also then, you know, if you decide you're going to pursue a career, you know, either the gatekeepers will welcome you in Mm -hmm. or 
you make a place for yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so if, if that one fork in the road is not working out, um, or you just decide, you know, I've had enough of that, and you turn and you wander the other way, and you begin to forge a new path for yourself. Mm-hmm. And in, the, and in doing so might allow other people to do the same mm-hmm. in parallel with you, you know? Yeah. Um, I just don't want people to think that it's an all or nothing proposition, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And there's great power in making a decision to not, to not say yes all the time or to not say, but why all the time, mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. That it doesn't necessarily have to be, I was rejected, mm-hmm. but I made a decision to go this direction instead. Yeah. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. um, or in spite of, I'm still standing here. Yep. You know, <laughs> and I think, you know, that's within our power. Mm-hmm. Like, how do we show up to yep. wherever we're planning on moving toward? You know, that, mm. that to me is more important than anything because there are no guarantees with anything. There are no guarantees. You know, but are you ready? Because that's the worst thing. So if you say you want to have a career, but you're not ready, and mm. then all of a sudden someone opens the door and says, yeah, please come in. And you have a panic attack because you're not ready to walk through the door. Mm-hmm. That's horrifying to watch. Right, right. right. So, um, so it's, it's. Trusting your truth, mm-hmm. being prepared within that truth mm-hmm. to be where you are, another, you know, another way of staying present oh, yeah. so that you are ready for whatever is next. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think asking yourself the questions about what makes me come alive in music, what, yes. where, you know, where do I want to put my energies? You know, you're going, it's, it's, these are, um, time intensive, resource intensive ways of living. And, and so you have to ask yourself, where do I want to spend that? I think. And, and then just keep following. I think the doors will always just, you'll find yourself looking at another open door and you'll go, Oh, this one. Oh, how about that one? (laughs) You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and everything begets what comes next. Right. I mean, Mm -hmm. if that didn't happen, that one wouldn't have opened up. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, so, um, or when I decided no to that and turned away, what opened up? Exactly. You know, exactly. and I think, you know, I, I see that there, it's hard, I know, because our journey is so unique. Mm-hmm. And on one hand, that's the most miraculous thing about what we do, I think. And on the other hand, it, it unfortunately, you can't predict, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, if you go to med school, you become a doctor. Yep. <laughs> you know, um, and, and, but as, as a, as an artist and as a performer that we don't have that surety, mm-hmm. but I think, you know, through this year, <laughs> perhaps more than anything, um, it's made us very aware or, or could, if we've been paying attention that nothing is for sure mm-hmm. at all. And so if you are not fulfilled as a human being, what's the point? Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, and I mean, I never, I never fit mm-hmm. ever. <laughs> it was always, we don't know what to do with you. We, we don't know, know what, what to do, do with you. You know, <laughs> and um, so, you know, it, it, it was 
it was difficult mm -hmm. because my my path did not move the way I thought it should have, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so then you have to just recalibrate, mm -hmm. um, you know, and not pretend it doesn't hurt or it, it doesn't upset you or whatever, yeah. you know, but to recognize that it's okay to have a good holler and cry and mm -hmm. do what you need to do. Yeah. Um, if, if it's not working or simply say, I'm taking some time out for myself now, Yeah. you yeah. know, um, and, and do what you need to do to heal or to, you know, recenter whatever that is before yeah. you step yourself back into, to whatever direction you want to go, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and I, I think that's the big thing, you know, um, the boxes are there for the people who create the boxes, not for the artists that they're trying to shove and fit into them. Mm -hmm. As much as it seems like it might be the other way around sometimes, yep. it's it's not the boxes are there for those who create the boxes. And I I understand that this is is personal. And so please feel free to share just whatever feels right to you. But when you said, you know, and I didn't fit there, would you would you share a little bit more about what that took from you to choose to keep going in that way? Did you feel a, a conviction about who you wanted to be, where you wanted to go that kind of kept you going? Was there a mentor? Was there something? I think there are so many of us that feel very alone when those moments happen mm -hmm. and think that perhaps we're the only ones who don't fit. And it's so funny that, you know, it's just that we're we're all going through it in our own way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it has to be that way. Mm -hmm. um, and I think too, there there's that. Um, even though we know intellectually we're not the only ones, to be able to say it out loud sometimes feels like a failure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, um, my dad was my mentor mm. without a question. Um, and I, I've had many mentors along the way, but he's been the consistent, was the consistent one in my life, you know? Um, and so he was always part of my barometer, mm. you know? Um, but I, and so it was always great to be able to go back to him and say, okay, this just happened. Mm -hmm. in, and then he would, you know, give me permission to have a good cry or do whatever <laughs> I needed to do, throw something, you know? <laughs> Yeah, here are the safety works. goggles go ahead throw exactly. <laughs> you know? exactly it would be like are you done yet okay good. Let's talk <laughs> um and then we just kind of break it down yeah you know okay. what happened now let's just let's just look at this and and see mm -hmm. um you know why would someone say that particular thing what does that say about them not about mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. you know um or what is that institution there for Ooh, that's big. Would you unpack that for a second? Sure. <laughs> I, a little bit I can. Yeah. You know, I think, and I'm going to say this, um, institutions of any kind are, are about the sanctity of themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. um, so, which can be neither good, bad, or indifferent. It just is. Mm -hmm. So we are, whether you're a student walking into a university setting or a singer auditioning for a house or a theater company or whatever, um, we are part of the equipment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, it doesn't mean you're not going to meet people along the way that will mentor you and you are going to feel cherished and loved and, and looked after. 
Definitely. But if we look at that as more of what the reaction we might get that is not maybe positive towards us Mm -hmm. has more to about, you know, it it says more about the person saying it and the institution that they represent. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that the more we can as artists, and it's hard for young artists um, and emerging artists because they don't have the experience yet. So they feel they don't have a voice. Yeah. I think it's more important than, and I'm not saying to them, but you must have a voice. It's hard to have a voice at that point. It's up to us Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. on the other side of those things to have that voice and to hold that accountable. Mm -hmm. And then to also make sure that those young and emerging artists recognize that that comment, that attitude, Mm -hmm. that pervasive whatever it is, is about the person you were in front of. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. isn't about you. Right, right. You know, and, you know, as hard as it was for me um, to, to be told many times, I don't know what to do with you. Mm. Uh, it started to make me realize that, well, if you don't, then I don't want to work for you. Mm-hmm. Because then what are we going to do? Right, And right. then that, that process that I love so much, the creative process of building a show or a character or whatever, it's not going to be a wonderful situation if you don't know what to do with me from an audition. Right, right. Exactly. And so then you have to learn to not accept it. You just, it, it is what it is. And then you pivot. Yep. Indeed. When Indeed. you're ready. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, and... I, I really appreciate what you mentioned about personal responsibility in, in there about us being able to communicate to our, to our friends, to our colleagues, to our peers in, in any setting about the, the kind of institutions, field, community that we want to be a part of, really reinforcing, uh, you know, our better selves in each of those situations. And I think you know, my, my listeners here have heard, heard me mention this before that I, I will regularly call on them to, to think about right now, how are you reinforcing in repertoire choices, in where you perform, in who you work with? You're always making decisions and please be aware of that now because if you're looking at someone who is perhaps in a leadership position, you're saying, why, why don't they get this? Why aren't they doing this? And we all start in those places, you know, and we're always making decisions. And if we're not passing around that information to hold ourselves accountable for our best selves, then, then we're, we're abdicating in those situations. And I, so I just, I just want to reinforce that too, which is we, we all, we may not feel like we have the voice yet or where, where we have the seat at the table, but you you definitely do, you know, no matter what geographic location, what size of the organization, there's definitely a seat at the table and, and it's, and just calling on yourselves to make that known, you know, so. And finding that community that, that um, upholds those values. Yes. And that community can be very small. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Because that's really what I, you know, my studio community 
you know, it's, th that's what I call it. It's a family. And I say right. that to my singers. I might not see you for years if you've been on tour or you're working in Europe or whatever, or you've just decided to go another direction and then suddenly you want to come back. Yeah. The door is open. Yeah, yeah. You know? mm -hmm. um, it is not about saying, well, you know, you're either studying or you're not. Like, I <laughs> no games like that from me. No, I couldn't, I couldn't see that from you. <laughs> It's not happening. Um, and so, you know, you find those places and that, you know, that kind of comes full circle to the, the philosophy as a teacher, you know, where you're trying to create that safe, spla safe place for people mm -hmm. to find their voices literally and figuratively. Yeah, that's amazing. I, when I'm thinking about finding your voice, I think there's a lot of the choosing of a repertoire that happens along the way that makes you feel like you have to fit into a box. And I wonder if you could talk about maybe some of your own favorite pieces from the past. And if there's anything that's on your rep wish list now, I'm, I'm so curious if you'll tell me about it. <laughs> well, there's always more French music to learn. <laughs> that's one of my, one of my favorite places to be. Um, you know, and uh, I mean, my my love always is to to go into more concert cabaret types of things yeah. for myself. Yeah. So I'm always exploring not just the repertoire of that genre, but what I can do with other rep to bring it into that genre. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. So I play a lot with that for myself, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, but um, would you say that there's a freedom in that where you're bringing repertoire into the genre that maybe was not the thing that was the first on the first page of the book, right? You know, it's not there, but you're, yes. you're saying, oh, but I, I have this creative impulse here and I get to, I get to see it through in this kind right. of way. And, and rework something that you yeah. never would maybe sing in its original form. Yeah. Know? Yeah. <laughs> and so that can be kind of fun to yeah. do um, yeah. and, and just exploring that kind of stuff. And I mean, for me, um, probably, you know, one of my greatest loves, even when I was much too young to sing it, <laughs> um, but I still did, um, at home was, is Sondheim. Oh, of course. You know, yes. that, that's, um, something that, I mean, I don't remember a time where I wasn't singing Sondheim <laughs> and I wasn't supposed to be, but I did anyway. <laughs> I was like, if okay, that's got to be, you know, I, a subtitle somewhere. I, I don't remember a time I wasn't singing Sondheim. Yeah, exactly. There is a Sondheim lyric for every day of the week, I swear. Truly. I definitely follow a Sondheim bot on Twitter that, that just reminds me of the greatness of Sondheim every once in a while. And I'm like, oh, I know. God, I do love that song. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I think that in in that power, we were kind of talking about creativity and allowing yourself kind of permission to explore things. Mm. One of the other things that I find to be a superpower is, is curiosity at its kind yes. of core. And one of the things I'd love to ask you about is what are you deeply curious about right now? And this, this doesn't have to be earth shattering or anything, but just like, you know, I just have, I'm just curious about this as it as it occurs in music or in oh it general. can be it can be any any life area that you want um i mean the the mind spirit connection has always been something um that 
has intrigued me. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I've, I've been, you know, on that life journey of exploring that for sure. And also like women's mysteries. Oh, yeah. Um, and that's something too, that I've explored for years. Um, and then keep coming back to, you know, and just the, the power of the, the feminine and, um, Mm -hmm. and the, the history of that and, and where that resides and how we bring that forward. Oh, I you love know? that. Yeah. <laughs> so those, those are kind of my, my little. That's so great. Explorations. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think mm-hmm. that that would maybe bridge into some of your music, your musical impulses? It has. As well? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah it really has. Oh, well, I'm, I'm definitely staying tuned for that. <laughs> well, Susan, we are coming to the, to the end of our, of our time together here. It's and I, great. oh my gosh, I, I could talk to you for hours, so we'll have to find another we'll time another to do time. that. Exactly, <laughs> and and hopefully, you know, on uh, masterclass episodes, one of the things that we we do in the future here, or we'll be doing more in the future, is uh, small groups that. Uh, as part of the Patreon for this, then they can come and join us for kind of small group question sessions. So nice. we might we might bring you back for something like I'd that in the future. And <laughs> that, thank you. And so I'm hoping that before before I let you go, you'll let uh, you'll let everybody here know where to find you, like online on the internet, and and how you'd want people to get a hold of you if they if they wanted to learn more about you. Sure. The easiest way is to go to my website. And uh, because of my wonderful website designer, he gave me a shortcut, which is so much easier than typing my full name in. So it's sey.fyi. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And I got FYI. Nice. And then you'll get right to the website and the blog is there and the contact information is all there. Oh, that's fabulous. So, and then on Instagram, I'm sey voice. Love it. And Twitter as well. Great. Well, thank you so much. Oh, as always, I'm sure that what we... What an honor to talk yeah. to you. <laughs> really. So until next time, thank you so much for listening to this Masterclass episode on Studio Class. Hey, before you go, do you have a second? Will you take a screenshot of this episode and share it to Instagram with your takeaways? You can tag me there, at Mezzoinen. That's M-E-Z-Z-O-I-H-N-E-N. It makes a huge difference when you share this podcast with your friends. Or even strangers, really. So, with that in mind, I hope you'll rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening!